Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down everything that's happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Evan Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. Dime, I don't really want to answer how I'm doing, but I will. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Edwin. <laughs> that's how you're doing. That's how you're doing. I'm doing fine, Edwin. Uh, I actually had a pretty good Christmas, spent time with my family, but let's be real. I mean, today is a Lakers-Celtics day. How are you? What are you doing? You said it would be the worst Christmas or be terrible if you had to endure the Celtics winning at Staples Center in L.A. on Christmas and you had to be there to write about it. How did the day go? Um. Oh, man. So many emotions running through my mind right now. Uh, one, yeah, the work for a little, you know, peek behind the curtains, the work has literally not stopped. I don't think I've had half an hour to myself today. It's all been, which, which is awesome. Again, don't want to complain too much, you know. My cashmere sweater is too warm, you know. I get it. But <laughs> it's been just nonstop. From the moment I woke up, it's been writing about the Lakers, prepping for the game, ironing my shirt, driving to the game, attending the game, pregame, postgame, rundown, feature, drive home, more writing, podcast. It is right now 11.25. I have not had 30 minutes of non-basketball-related time to myself at all. Now, part of that's awesome. Part of that's cool. Part of that's also exhausting. And then when your team, the team you root, the result you rooted for didn't happen, it doesn't help. As you know, you know, right now, can okay, I gotta go talk about this? You know, uh, for the most part, honestly, I feel like I've, I'm dealing with it better than I thought I was last week. Where I'm like, oh, it'd be awful. I'm like, you know what? At a certain point, you get so tired, you're like whatever man you know like it's just we're just doing the gig and then like around the third quarter i was like yeah i don't think they're gonna they're gonna pull this out so mentally i'm already thinking okay they're losing what's the big takeaways from this game what are we learning here what do i want to tell the audience i kind of got more into like work mode versus like the the fan part of me that's like stop them score that kind of went away in the third quarter when i saw that i'm like mm, i just think you know down nine and how good the Celtics were playing it felt like was more likely the lakers to go on two or three runs the Celtics just go on one to kind of put them off. And I'm like, probably the one versus the two to three. Uh, because the thing about runs, people don't kind of realize when they don't think about it. It's like you need two or three runs when you're down nine because you need a run. And then there's probably the other team will probably respond and then another run. So you, you, it's not just those nine points. You're probably going to have to make up those nine points in a four point, a four, you know, four and oh run, eight and two run, six and four run. Like there's going to be a couple you know, times that you kind of overwhelm them, you, it's very unlikely that you just overwhelm them all in one one take. So once I saw that happening and how good the Celtics were playing, I'm like, it's probably not going to happen. So it kind of calmed me down. But uh, yeah, that's how I'm doing overall. But the, the day was special. Um, have you ever been to any Christmas Day games, whether it was for Celtics or uh, uh, Clippers, Lakers, otherwise? Never. I've never been to a Christmas Day game. And to be honest, I've never really wanted to go. I like being with my family on Christmas. Like I'm a big family person. And I like being home on Christmas and watching all the games and just being with the most amount of people that I care about, as corny as that might sound. But seriously. I mean, I wasn't invited, but it's okay. <laughs> what, did, would you, what would you have done had you not been working the game? Like, for, for, the, for This is the first time I actually, quote, unquote, had to work for the game. Uh, last year, I also uh, had a role with Silver Screen and Roll and covered uh, every game recap, essentially. But I was told, hey, that year, which was last year, I was told, hey, you know, you're still kind of new. Take the day off. Just spend it with your family. And I was like, cool. 
And this year they were like, hey, you can still take the day off. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> we're not doing that. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be, if I'm allowed to, I, I want to cover this game. I want to be there. L- let's, let's do the best coverage we can. And then, you know, I talked about it with my boss and they're like, okay, if you really want to be there. So if I wasn't there, same as you, m- my Christmas day basketball memories are being around my family and watching the game. Sometimes around family that are really into the game. And sometimes I'm the person who has to advocate for the television and be like, hey, like, can we put the game on? Like, or, or can you put me in a room where I can watch this game? Because no offense to y'all, but like, I kind of want to watch Lakers heat right now. And, you know, everyone else seems to want to do something else. And, you know, a trucks on the background and the big TV. I'm like, I don't care. Give me the rinky dink TV in the kitchen. But like, I need to watch like these matchups right now. So that's normally how my experience was. Like you said, family over everything, totally understand. If at some point you feel like, you know what, this is a year or whatever, I can definitely say going to it, I highly recommend it. You know, there's always like the whole like, oh, kid at Christmas. It looked, it felt like 18,000 people were the kid at Christmas. People were just so excited at time to, to take pictures with, with Magic's, you know, statue. And, and everyone was acting like it was the first time they've been at Crypto.com Arena. And I don't know, obviously I didn't do a head count or talk to everybody, but I'm guessing a good amount of them did. But they were just so excited to be like, it's Christmas and we're here. This is awesome. And you felt it right away. Um, I judged the fans based on the volume and the crowd and the reception during the game. And a good indicator of how big of a deal the game is is how early do fans get there. I was there about two and a half hours before it started time and it was packed already. There was people already lining up for to, to get in, even though they weren't allowed to. There's already a bunch of people taking pictures with all the statues. And I'm like, oh, oh, like there was a line for me to get into the, the stadium. And for me, I go in a different line for just credential people. So you can guess, you know, how many people is that? A couple hundred. And that's throughout, you know, the entire time. So usually there's no line at all. I had to wait a couple of minutes. Normally I have to wait zero minutes. And I'm like, oh, there's like eight people in front of me. That means everybody and their mother is here at this game and they want to get in early that's how many people are here. Who knows how much of a mess that line was, you know, an hour before, 30 minutes before. So that already let me know, okay, if you weren't aware, this isn't a regular game. People are excited. They're here super early. They're packed and they want to watch the game. And yeah, the environment was, I definitely recommend it. The environment was very good. Right away, the fans were high. And again, Christmas, Lakers, Celtics, in Los Angeles, the energy was there. And, you know, I really hate to give the Celtics anything, but shout out to their fans. They showed up. They were a very small percentage, similar to the Knicks, a little bit more in terms of how much green you saw. See, as you can see, I can, I'm struggling to even say it, but Dude, they're everywhere. It's like the Lakers, man. Not to the extent, maybe, but second most. That's a probably the Celtics. No, 100%. And they were there. They were active. They were loud. And they weren't, you know, too. I, I don't know. We never really talked about like what the appropriate. Um, energy is on a road game, but I felt like they were respectful. They were cheering for their team without, like, you know, exact same for us. Getting, when I went to the game, weirdly, they weren't getting dirty, they weren't getting vulgar. It was just like they were cheering for Tatum, and I'm like, I'm all for that. For me, the line is when you start kind of like almost like you want to start a fight because you're just getting so aggressive. I'm like, okay, take it easy, okay. For me, they were they were totally fine. It was it was an acceptable level, you know. Obviously, for me, acceptable level was zero, but. If you're going to cheer, totally cool. Just don't be a jerk about it. I in, in the area I was in and like the surrounding area, everything I heard. No problems. They were just cheering when things were going good, and that was about it. So I was good with that. Um, the Lakers did everything to kind of, you know, celebrate the day. There was a bunch of holiday-themed stuff all over the place. And I'm actually going to show the uh, – they had a That's Mamba shirt, which it's funny. Every now and then people kind of get excited about something. They'll miss me. 
I got more requests for this t-shirt, and if I could find one, if I could get one. Unfortunately, I, I really couldn't because, as you can imagine, one, I'm a media member, so I can't really ask for that kind of thing. And two, one shirt for chair. I'm sure they have some extra in the back, but it doesn't work that way. So I only, I didn't even think I was going to get one. But when I got to my my press area, I actually had a chair uh, with, with the a shirt on it. Usually I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's just an accident. But the times they've given out shirts and things like that, I just haven't got anything. I'm like, it's cool. I'm here to work. No big deal. But my chair actually did have it. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, fine. I'll take it. So here, I'll show it to all of you. I've never actually like unwrapped it. But here it is. Wow. It's the new shirt. It says, uh, that's Mamba on it. You know, white and black. It's got the cursive, right? And you got the uh, Kobe logo there. And then on the inside, it says, uh, the Nike T. It's a large. Everyone got the same size. I think they just go with large because they feel like, well, it's not small, but it's not enormous. So it's like the most neutral. Nothing on the back or anything really plain there. Uh, but yeah, uh, great, great looking shirt. It's, it's simple. It's classic. It's got the Nike logo, of course, as well. Uh, Nike's everywhere there with with Kobe and and Nike and the, and the Mamba uh, logo. So yeah, people were going nuts for a time. I got so many messages for people asking, and I, if I could, I would have grabbed six of them. But <laughs> I'm just not in a situation where I could have. Uh, but more than grabbing six T-shirts, I would have preferred the Lakers grab the win. Unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, we were talking before we press record that that you were really obviously engaged in these games, you know, spending time with your family and enjoying basketball, two things that you love. Well, before I get into my takeaways, what were your takeaways from this game, uh, the Celtics beating the Lakers 126-115 in Los Angeles on Christmas Day? My takeaways are, I hate to say this to you, Edwin, but the Celtics are just a better team. Like, they just have better players. <laughs> I mean, their starting lineup, their top six is just ridiculous. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Al Horford, and Porzingis. And it's hard to guard them, but LeBron was missing shots around the basket from start to finish. You know, it's just very rare for him, especially coming off that game against OKC. I did not think, you know, big game, Lakers-Celtics on Christmas. I thought we were going to see a show from LeBron because in the big nationally televised games this season – He's done a good job of kind of taking over games. Um, this is the second game with this new starting lineup for the Lakers. And I first said, taking D'Lo out of the starting lineup, I like bringing in Vando, but taking D'Lo out, I was like, man, that puts a lot of pressure on LeBron to be the primary creator as like the only pick and roll guy. And then besides that, your other source of offense is throwing it down to AD. Uh, the other three guys are off-ball guys. And to be honest, Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt are still not respected shooters right now. Torian Prince is very hit or miss. Credit to him, I thought he was pretty good in this game, especially offensively. He was knocking down his threes. Uh, he had one interception, I remember. But the Celtics, man, they poured it on from start to finish, and I feel like one thing we've seen from the Lakers a lot this season is these slow starts. They try to play catch-up throughout the game, and when LeBron's not you know, making that push late, and D'Lo got – what, 19 minutes in this game? 18 minutes. I mean, that's not much. And I think you would rather have one of Reeves or D'Lo in the starting lineup. That's one of my takeaways from it. But the Celtics, man, they have a very good team. Like, they really don't have many excuses not to win the championship. Having Drew Holiday and Derek White on the same team with the way they're defending, mainly Derek White. I mean, we know who Drew Holiday is, but this is unbelievable the level that he's playing at. And Porzingis was so good. But ultimately, I think this game came down to 
both teams were switching a lot, like switching everything in various parts of the game. With that starting lineup for the Lakers, AD, Vando, Prince, Reddish, and LeBron, everyone's like 6'5 and above. The goal is to try to switch everything there. But that that lineup isn't great offensively. And then they go to the bench, and you guys just don't really have that many lockdown guys. And Jared Vanderbilt, like he's the best I think you could have at the point of attack on this roster. Cam Reddish has been pretty good this season, but you look at the minutes, they're only getting 23 and 18 minutes. Vando with 23, Cam with 18. Doesn't seem like Darvin Ham trusts them. And I think one of my takeaways, I'm seeing a lot of people on on Twitter saying Laker fans saying fire ham and all this and that. But I think I'm looking at it and it's like LeBron and AD have to come out for a little bit of each half, right? Like these guys Mm -hmm. are not, you don't want them playing every single minute of the half so much in the regular season. Like, so you're going to sit them a little bit. The lineups when the Lakers have one of LeBron or AD out of the game are not as good as the Celtic lineups. They have just more depth in terms of their top, like, look at their best six players. Hauser and Pritchard are, you know, we can see about them in the playoffs, how good they can be in their role. But Pritchard played well in this game. He missed a couple of shots in the beginning. But besides that, he's a great shooter. Got a couple of layups on the break. Um, I remember this one time he cut back door when LeBron fell asleep. But mm-hmm. one thing I will say, man, Anthony Davis continues to play at a very high level. Honestly, I don't blame him at all for this game. He had 40 points and 13 boards five offensive rebounds, four assists, and a block, uh, 15 for 26 from the field, and two for four from three. I think something to watch out for is that he's been making threes the last three games. Minnesota, OKC in this game. If he starts making them regularly, that could really change things for the Lakers long term. But I think right now you want to see Darvin Ham start to build some consistency with these lineups. Not to say that that's going to be what would make you beat the Boston Celtics? This team is really, really good. Like they have Drew Holiday, Gar- they can switch everything a lot easier than you guys can switch everything. And they mm-hmm. have just better, more isolation threats in the sense that, okay, you have Tatum and Brown, you guys have LeBron and AD, but they also have guys like Drew Holiday and Porzingis, who's a 7 3 guy that in the beginning of the third quarter was kind of causing problems on that mismatch. You know, Cam Reddish a couple of times was switched on to him and he was just going over the top. Porzingis had like nine points in the third quarter. He had those two and ones, and he had that three. So it was a tough game for the Lakers, man. As I said, I think Darvin Ham, I want to see him build some consistency lineup-wise because it feels like too many things are kind of changing for the Lakers. Um, But LeBron, he had to be much better to win this game. I mean, 16 points. I know he had nine rebounds, eight assists, but three turnovers, five for 14. When LeBron's inefficient, you know it's a tough game for him because he usually is – so efficient, and I didn't really notice him much defensively outside of that block he had against Tatum. And then Rui Hachimura, man, he had a really rough night or a rough day shooting the ball, five for 14 from the field and two for nine from three, and he had a lot of open threes that if he had made one or two of them and really could have changed momentum in that stretch. But my main takeaway is I just think the Celtics are a better team, younger, better quality one through six. That's as good as anyone in the league. And you need LeBron and AD to play well to beat a team like the Celtics, especially when they're going to play well. And and they, they did, you know, you got to give it to them. They knew the assignment and they know it's a big game for their fans. And right now the Celtics are very determined and they have the right ages to go for, you know, a strong regular season better than the Lakers do. But yeah, so that's the, that's my ultimate takeaway. 126, 115 Celtics win. 
You got five guys for Boston with 18, 18. plus points. Yep. Drew Holiday, and he shot 70%. He was awesome in this game. Just awesome. Derek White, 18 points and 11 assists. I didn't even see the 11 assists. My God. And then Porzingis, 16 and 11. Oh, my bad. I'm looking at the plus minus. Drew Holiday still had 18 points on 7 for 10. But Derek White, 18 points and 11 assists. And then 28 and 11 for Porzingis. And then 25, 8 and 7 from Tatum. And Jalen with 19. My God. I mean, that's just amazing balance. But, yeah, that's all I got. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of you I mean you hit the nail on the head on so many of the points. Um, yeah, clearly it's, it's, it's as rough as it is to admit. Yeah, the, the Celtics. I mean, they're twenty three and six. Uh, you know the, the cliche your record. It, you are what your record says you are. They're twenty three and six. The Lakers are sixteen and fifteen. Meaning the Celtics are a top contender, and the Lakers are hoping to become one. But their record doesn't reflect it. And we can contextualize, you know, absences and yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, you're sixteen and fifteen. They're twenty three and six. Uh, I think for the Lakers at this point, right now, today on Christmas Day, to be a team like the Celtics, they have to play nearly perfect. That means LeBron has a big game, AD has a big game, and your role players hit shots. You got the AD portion, you did not get the LeBron, and you did not get your role players. Like you said, Rui, uh, two for nine from three. He got good looks. They didn't go down. He he, he went for him. He tried to shoot him. They didn't go down. Uh, that happens. I'm not too, too worried about Rui. He's had a couple really, really good games, including the OKC Thunder game. It's like if they could have had that game tonight, they probably win, but they didn't. So Rui wasn't hitting his shots. Uh, like you said, um, Austin was had a quiet game. Four for nine, not bad, but just 11 points. He's been leading the team in in points off the bench. He's had like, I think he had like four straight 20-plus point games. Tonight he had 11. So there, there's an eight-point gap there that had to be made up. Guess what? Nobody made it up. Uh, Rui didn't make it up. Uh, D'Lo didn't make it up. Uh, Hayes definitely didn't make it up. So he had zero points. So they just didn't get what they needed from their role guys. And then when the, when one of the, the, the big guys you have, LeBron James, just kind of has an eh, okay game, that's not going to be good enough when you have the Celtics in town and, they, and they're hitting pretty much in all cylinders. Uh, the Lakers looked pretty good in the first half. After that rough first quarter, they kind of made up for it in the second. And then in the third, we kind of got more of the same from there. Um, I'll say this. I'll give you kind of a podcast exclusive. The rumblings and murmurings are that uh, Vando particularly – is still kind of on a minutes restriction. It's not official news, and they haven't reported it or anything like that, but um, basically one time during a, a presser, uh, D'Lo kind of let it go. He kind of like a little Freudian slip. He said that um, guys are on minutes restrictions, and when he said it, I'm like, no one has mentioned anything about anyone being on minutes restrictions. And the only player I can think of who just came back was Fando. So when you look at his minutes, a lot of 22, 23, 24 and Hammond's kind of hinted at it. Uh, guys are getting in shape, guys are getting ready. They haven't mentioned it, but I'm pretty sure, based on one, D Lo kind of accidentally spilling the beans like a week ago, and two, those minutes. The reason you're not seeing more of Vando is medically, they're kind of making sure they don't push him too much. He's missed all of the season, so they're trying to make sure they ease him into it. So I think you'll see more of that as he kind of gets allowed medically to be cleared, uh, to play more. And I, I think the reason they don't want to tell anyone is you know, you know, sometimes you want to hold those you know cards to your to yourself there's nothing to he's allowed to play he's clear to play he's fine to play they're just choosing to play him a little less and why tell you that that gives you an advantage keep you guessing right it's, it's kind of part of the whole song and dance uh, Kobe mentioned that once that he liked that about all-star he could see who was banging banging up what that maybe wasn't on the the scouting report but you can't hide it when I see you for a game what you're icing what you're wrapping up it's like oh 
your elbow is kind of bothering you there because you, you put ice on it right away. I, that might be something I want to kind of keep in mind or your ribs are a little sensitive. You know, you were complaining about them. Like, let me, let me make a mental note that you're not as healthy as maybe your your injury report says you are, right? So for Vando, I think that's what's happening. I think that's why you're not seeing, you know, you're seeing him starting, but you're seeing such a, such a slow, low number. I think that that's probably a factor. I would be shocked if, you know, January 10th, let's say, he's still getting 23 minutes. I would I would think something must be up. I think you're going to see that number rise. And, yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with you about the, the starting lineup. Uh, Ham mentioned that you can't just be uh, liberal with changing it all the time, and it's a big decision, and he thought about it a lot before he did it. And, again, this is the pros and the cons. The cons is – there goes your ball handler. There goes the guy who was uh, taking care of the offense, running it. He worked so well with AD on the pick and roll, and now you're getting rid of that. Guess what that means? You're getting rid of that for defense? Cool. That means whoever can score has to kill it. Who is that? AD and LeBron. AD brought it. LeBron didn't. And guess what? The role guys didn't hit their shots. So they'll have to figure it out. It, it's kind of becoming like a, a Goldilocks thing with the Lakers. Do you want defense? Do you want offense? And, and, and how can you get both? And, and they, they haven't found kind of that main lineup to do that in. I think uh, one thing to think about is maybe go back to that lineup that worked a lot during the playoffs. Not all the way, because obviously with Denver, they never got anything like that actually got the win. But go with AD, go with Vando, go with LeBron, uh, go with D'Lo, and go with Reeves. And see if that influx of uh, your two offensive players that aren't that great on defense, but you got two good offensive players, and you got Vando on the wing, and then you got AD and Braun. Can that in the regular season be enough? I think they have to figure out how to get uh, D'Lo and Reeves to play more together. And they did in the fourth quarter. They've been doing that a lot in the fourth quarters of the games, starting them together, but they don't start them in the game. I would like to see them just try that. That that lineup had a lot of success. And we haven't really seen it to start a game yet. I don't think we've seen it once to start a game. I'd like to see them try that, but I'm guessing for right now, uh, based on what I know about him and kind of how he acts, he's going to let this unit get a couple more games before he makes another change to say, okay, I made this decision for a reason. I'm not just going to switch because we got one good game, one bad game. Okay, let's go switch again. He's like, we got to have some consistency. So I'm guessing he's going to stick with this lineup for a little bit, unless it's you know awful and he loses like three games in a row. And give them a really a, a chance to to excel here. But yeah, a rough game. You never want to lose against your rival. That always stinks. Uh, I'm sure there's a few teams like like the Utah Jazz for you, Dime, that you're like, please. Probably not as much as you with the, not as much as you with the Celtics because it's so not as much for sure. But you know, yeah, it happens. Like like I said on I, I said it on Twitter. I'm like sometimes the villain wins, and that's what a rivalry is. Like you're not always gonna win if you always want it. You know, it wouldn't be much of a right. It'd be fun, but after a while, you probably would get a little tired. Be like, okay, who cares? Like, we beat them twenty times. It's not a big deal. Uh, that's what makes it interesting, right? You, you get your heart broken, and then you know you come back. And and in this chapter of Lakers versus Celtics, you begrudgingly tip your cap and say, okay, Boston, you got it. Um, again, we're, we're still tied seventeen seventeen. We got the tiebreaker with the NCAA tournament. Let's be clear. We put up a banner, <laughs> but in terms of NBA titles, there's seventeen on each side. Uh, let's see what happens with the eighteenth. All right, so yeah. oh, well, 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 well. this this game this game was big though. I have to say some things. The, the the Lakers, believe it or not, like if you had told me that they would shoot forty one percent from three and the Celtics would shoot thirty one, I would think the Lakers would have won the game. If you had told me that before the game, even Glenn Rivers said that in commentary, which you know, even though I don't like his voice, he actually says decent things in my opinion. But he. 
Yeah, that was surprising, man, that the Lakers shot better from three than the Celtics, and they still lost. And they, the Celtics only shot one more shot in the game. So that was pretty interesting. They did get seven more free throw attempts, though. And I think they were just create their, their looks were just better. Their offense was just quicker. And I think the Lakers' transition defense was particularly bad uh, throughout the game. And I think every team knows that the, they want to get out and run on the Lakers off their misses. Well, another side. issue was because AD um, guarded Porzingis a lot. He was out in the perimeter. Right. And what does that mean? Who's by the rim? No one. So what happened was you saw a lot of penetration from the Celtics. They got a lot of uh, rebounds. They won. They barely won the rebounding game, 44-43. But again, during the right moments, they were dominating. And they beat the Lakers in points in the paint, 58-50. And yes, they both hit 13 threes. But the Celtics started off awful, and they got better. So late in the game, they were hitting those threes. You know, Horford hit a really big three, like a corner three in the fourth. When it was like an eight-point game, he made he brought it back to 11. The Lakers called timeout. Like those kind of plays. So the numbers do do tell you a good amount of the story. Obviously, we both watched the game. But like when you actually like experience it, like, yo, why is that a big deal? It's like because those threes for the, the Celtics happened late. Those 13, they hit most of them late, and the Lakers hit them kind of throughout, which was fine. It was good. But – they made up for it in the end. And, again, the, the Celtics won the points in the paint. The Lakers usually win the points in the paint, even when they lose the game. They win the points in the paint because LeBron and AD, that's what they want to do. AD's obviously a big, so he's he's going to the paint. And LeBron, he's not a big, but he likes to go to the hole because he knows I'm just physically stronger than everyone. I can get those buckets. And they didn't get him. Again, that's LeBron not being aggressive. If LeBron has his typical 28, guess where those points are? Probably in the paint. And that probably gives him the advantage. And that might be the difference in the game. So, yeah, Celtics did a good job. I just hate. I'm sorry. I just hate. Did, <laughs> did. Give them the power. Celtics did a good job hitting their threes in the second half. And they were dominant in the paint more than the Lakers were. Did LeBron hurt himself? That's got to be something that we have to discuss to a degree. Because that was a little sketch. Because he didn't make contact with him. So, the way I looked at it, it looked like... Either when I, I look, I had I had the angle from like the uh, the Lakers bench side. That's kind of where I was sitting. So it happened very fast, and they did not show the replay. To my recollection, they didn't show the replay on the, on the the jumbotron, so I didn't get to see it, and I didn't have like spectrum pulled up or anything. So I'm just watching live, and then what they replay. And when I I saw it live, um, I thought he either banked knees or he just missed it. But the way he stopped, like hurt him, right? And that was the one I was really worried about. So I'm like, well, if you just stopped on a dime and you you could have torn something, what's up? But also, um, it was it was Brown, right? Brown was the other player that was in the collision. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was Brown. So so I also saw Brown go down. So I'm like, okay, I think they just like bumped knees. I didn't get to see any other replay of that besides like in the moment and everything. And then once it happened, I was I was like, you know, glued to like, okay, is he gonna get up? What's gonna happen? I don't think. And I didn't, I don't, I didn't, um, he, he had his uh, post-game press conference in the locker room and I was, uh, I was in the media area. So I didn't, I didn't go in there to, to hear him talk about it. I personally don't think it did affect him. I think it affected him obviously in the moment and he walked it off. He got treatment and then he got back in. I think if there was contact, he just bumped his knees and that's kind of why he was down there. And I think once he kind of warmed up and loosened it up again, he was good to go. So no, I don't think. I don't think we can, you know, quote unquote, bail out LeBron and say, "Oh, he he banged his knee. No, he wasn't no. saying." Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it since like the moment it happened. See, like you see that step he took. Landed awkwardly. Yeah, look at LeBron kind of kick 
Jalen Brown in the back. Actually. Yeah, I feel in the backs when it happened right there. Watch really? The, yeah. Watch his leg. Right there. Right oh, just behind the yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah, the left knee coming up. Might be right. right I feel like he hit. He hit like. Well, honestly, for me, and I don't. Was it that? Yeah, he was already he already landed weird before that. Did you see the way he landed? Yeah, but that didn't hurt that. The, 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 to me, it didn't hurt his left. Right away, it hurt his. Yeah. Round also. So yeah, it was it, it, it it's tough to see. Um, here and let me just uh, get out of this now. Uh, so yeah, it's tough to see, but landed with him from from behind. And that's where that that issue happened. It was a little tricky, and that's why you see, like, I think it was either either the the, the lower back of uh, Brown. He kind of grimaced there. He didn't actually like touch his knee or anything. He just grimaced like back, like, oh, like, like he got kneed in the back, right? And you didn't expect it, especially for Brown. He's like watching the the, the play, and then you know, all of a sudden, you just feel something hit the back of you, and you're like, okay, you know, the, the shock probably like hurt him more than than anything else. And he was up way earlier than than LeBron was. He he was also bothered. Obviously, he saw him on the floor, and he did he did take him a while to get up. But he did get up, and then I'm like, oh, Bron's still there. And I think for Bron, it was just, you know, the impact of that. So, yeah, it was a little tough to see, and that's why I even had trouble live in person. I was like, was it non-contact? Or did, did he try to avoid him, and that's what caused it? But it looks like from, from watching the tape again, yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was a bumping of knees. It was like uh, LeBron's knee to, like, Brown's back, and that kind of tweaked it. But to be honest, I didn't see any kind of issues with him afterwards. I never saw him like rubbing that knee afterwards or, or looking bothered or being passive because he didn't want to push it. Like there have been times where I see that body language from LeBron and AD because they're not like, okay, I didn't get that. Honestly, he just, he just didn't have a good game. He, he wasn't having a great game offensively before that. And after that, once he got back in, he looked normal, but just wasn't able to really do that. He had some moments where he like really applied pressure on the rim and, and had like two or three defenders on him and, and scored. but. You'd get those moments, and then it'd be another five minutes before you get another one. And again, that's not going to be enough if, unless everyone else is just like shooting lights out, and you're like, "Oh, LeBron can chill today because Prince has 25 points, and Rui's got 18, and, and you know Reeves is scoring 23." But that wasn't the case for the Lakers tonight, so unfortunately, they, they weren't able to get it done. All right, yeah, okay, go ahead. Let Let's get into. <laughs> I've never been so excited to talk about Clippers Mavericks, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> We're going to go into Clippers Mavericks now. Uh, Clippers actually beat Luca. So Dime was right. Luca is not scary at all. Actually, they take care of business and they got it done. They won uh, 120 to 111. Um, we won't have too many good moments uh, in this uh, week uh, when it comes to results, but this definitely was one of them. Uh, they took care of business uh, 120 to 111, as I mentioned before. Uh, the leading uh, scorer for the Clippers was, again, Kawhi Leonard with 30. And you also got a really good game off the bench uh, from Norman Powell at 21. So, uh, Dime, tell me, um, you know, you're a fan of these <laughs> Dallas Mavericks matchups. Uh, you, you, I believe you predicted they were going to win, and they did that. Uh, why did the, the Clippers uh, win this game? Kawhi Leonard. I mean, this guy kills the Mavericks. You know, for everybody, everybody says Luka kills us, fine, but Kawhi kills them and wins. Granted, he always has the better team, I'll admit, but shouldn't be penalized for taking care of business. And he closed out this game better than I've seen him close out any game this season for us. And this is where I had to really be like, oh, my God, 
Edwin. This guy came down the court, and I've been saying that he doesn't really get by guys anymore from the top of the key facing up. Um, even so much so that coaches will be willing to switch their centers onto Kawhi because they're they don't think he can turn the corner. Because what Kawhi does now is he can overpower you. He has a good enough handle where he can create space and find a way to kind of bully his way sometimes into the area that he likes, you know, 10 feet, 12 feet away against mm-hmm. smaller defenders or wings that are just a little bit skinnier, you know, because he's so strong. But he blew by Derek Jones Jr. with a between the legs and went all the way to the basket, and there was three and a half minutes left in the game. So this is late game he's hitting that burst. And then he, like, spun off of him in the post, blew by him again on the baseline for a little Euro step that clinched the game. I mean, he was amazing. And then James Harden, he didn't have a good shooting game, but 17 points and 11 assists. I thought he was pretty impressive. And Amir Coffey had 12 points and did a pretty good job guarding Luka. Like him, Kawhi, and Terrence collectively in that game did a really solid job guarding Luka. And, but sometimes it's just Luka doesn't make shots, right? And on Christmas, oh, that would not be the case. You know what team Luka actually owns? The Phoenix Buns. If this was a Phoenix, if this was an NBA show, we'd be grilling them. But yeah, Luca's always done that. Uh, I mean, we all know that that infamous game where he he, you know, sent them packing. Sunned him. He sunned him. Yeah, he sunned. He sunned. That one was crazy. I remember watching that one live. Not not live like in person, but like live like you know on TV. Yeah, yeah. And when when Luca went from the top of the key, and back down Aiton by himself and then scored, I'm like, oh, this game's over. I'm like, that's scary. Like, Aiton's hey. a dude. This is a closeout game, and he's like, I'm just going to walk this, and I'm just going to, like, big man you. I'm going to big man you. I'm just going to back to the basket, and I'm going to just walk you 10 feet and then turn around and hit it. I was like, oh, yeah, th- this is over. Uh, So, yeah, when Luka gets going, as, as you've seen, even though your team has, uh, came on the, on the winning side of it, it's still scary. It's like, oh, this guy's like a boogeyman. He can just, like – terrorize and you know it's always interesting when there's those guys the lebron the quiets the lucas the guys who we, we talk all this analytics we try to learn so much about horn sets and floppies and reverse pin actions and like all and it's like you know what at the end of the day sometimes the guy with the ball is just like i'm gonna score regardless of what you do so whatever do what you want to do doesn't matter i'm the best player so eat it and Luca did that on Christmas Day to the Suns. He did not do that against the Clippers. The Clippers held their own. They had a complete game. We've been talking about how good Kawhi's been for, you know what, like maybe like two or three episodes now. It's kind of been building up. Ever since we did our uh, our um, first quarter awards, after that, he's turned a corner. Uh, and, again, that, that's what we've also mentioned about being patient with players. I don't know what Kawhi's offseason was like. I don't know if he felt – he would never admit if he felt like a little out of shape or not all the way there. Now we're kind of middle of the season almost, and – Guess what? He's playing good. He's playing well. You're seeing some of that burst. And I was like, oh, maybe he just needed to work himself into a rhythm now that he's had but like this you know, surprises me though. 30 plus games. What surprised me is that he didn't have that burst last year when he was hitting his stride like this. That's what surprised me. Like, yeah, I haven't seen him move like that since 2020 before the bubble, Kawhi. Honestly, in the bubble first round, he was good. did, but let's not talk about that. Anyway, point is. <laughs> Luca was held to nine for 25 shooting, two for 11 from three, and Kawhi had 30 and 10, 10 rebounds, five assists, 12 for 22 shooting. And Russ and Norman Powell and Tice, all three of them in double figures, were so good off the bench. Russ had 10 points, six boards, three assists, and two steals, and also did a good job guarding Luca. 
And then Norman Powell, 21 points on seven for 10 shooting and three for six from three. Then we got a little 11 points from Tice. So good all around game, but it's Kawhi Leonard that closed and prevented any late Mavericks push. 100%. Yeah. And yeah, at this point, they were still rolling. Now, um, we had the Lakers playing the Timberwolves. This was, again, an opposite story. Uh, Lakers were without LeBron, who, you know, missed the game. Um, and the Lakers were struggling at this point. You know, playing against the Timberwolves, they just they just really didn't, um, you know, have enough. They, they, they did have a good fight. I, I do like the fight. Again, no more victories at the end of the day. You win, you win some, you lose some. They lost this one, but I did appreciate the effort. You know, again, uh, AD doing his thing, 31 points, 11 from 20 shooting. He also led the team in rebounds, uh, led the team in minutes. He, he led the team, right? He did his best, the best he could. And they were knocking, knocking on the door, but they just they just didn't have enough with, with uh, LeBron out. Uh, that, for me, was the biggest takeaway is, you know, we talk about they always struggle with the non-LeBron minutes. It was the most non-LeBron minute game you're going to get. It's the whole game. And unfortunately, you know, I think the unfortunately the Timberwolves are just too good, and and trying to beat them on the road without LeBron, they just didn't have enough. Uh, you did get a good game from uh, Reeves, but Reeves was the entire offense coming off the bench. He had twenty of the team's twenty three points off the bench. That's what I'm talking about. Like Vando gave you nothing, Woods gave you nothing, Hayes gave you three. LeBron's not playing. You and you're playing Timberwolves on the road. Like you're not going to beat a team that's only lost six games. When I tell you that, you, you know, <laughs> you only got one guy on the bench scoring, oh, and your best or second best player did not play. You know, the only way you're going to win is if, you know, AD would have 50-piece or something. And that's just too much to ask of them to drop 50 on the Timberwolves, who are also a big team with players like Rudy, uh, you know, by himself. So uh, what did you see from this game? What were your takeaways from uh, Minnesota so far this season, which I don't think we've talked too much about because they haven't, they haven't matched up that much against uh, the L.A. teams? Oh, Edwin, I'm not going to get you let you get away with avoiding that LeBron was load managed for this game. Come on, brother. <laughs> he was load managed. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, back to backs, he's, he's been dealing yeah. with injuries, no, you know? I'm not saying he's that, been questionable for almost every game this year. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that he, if, if there's anyone that I think deserves to load manage, it's LeBron James. But, sure. you know, he clearly did because the next game, it didn't look like he was injured. But Minnesota game, I actually watched the whole thing. And because I really wanted to see Minnesota, I was yeah. I was really interested to see them because we talked about that they haven't played an LA team. They're a better version of their team last year. So what I think they are is a second round team. Yeah, at best. At best, I agree. Right, but I, I think I said it in our group chat. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but the only the teams that they will not be in a playoff series if they are healthy, they will not be the Lakers. They will not be the Clippers. They will not be the Denver Nuggets. They will, I don't think they beat the Kings, and I don't think I'd take them against the Golden State Warriors healthy, to be honest. Those five, that's my opinion. What do you think? Do you see them beating the Kings or Nuggets, yeah. uh, Kings and uh, Warriors healthy in a series? I really could, honestly, at this point. Okay. The Warriors might scare me a little more, but I just think that the Wolves' defense is going to be hard for the Kings. I think they'll still be able to generate good shots. But, you know, Anthony Edwards does have to be relied on a lot to create good shots for that team. Like, Mike Conley's older, even though he's still surprisingly very good still. Yeah. Like, he might be better than Chris Paul now. <laughs> he might yeah, be. Yeah, maybe. I think he can so. defend. Like, one thing that stuck out to me about the Wolves is their point of attack guys. Like, they have a lot of good ones. Like, Nikhil mm -hmm. Alexander-Walker was, like, playing great defense on Reeves in that game. And I have to say, the Lakers actually, effort-wise, were really good in this game. Uh, mm -hmm. Anthony Davis was really good. And I honestly think it's very 
interesting that Darvin Ham went with taking D'Lo out of the starting lineup after this particular game because even though he was two for 12, like at one point of the game, he was creating pretty good looks and pick and roll. And he was taking the shots you want him to take. Like there's times where D'Lo will kind of drift out of games where he's just like, he, he has that demeanor about him that he's very nonchalant. And he's not necessarily a very good defender, no matter how much better he's tried to be. So he can kind of just be a ghost sometimes. But what I liked is that he was being aggressive. And then eventually his shot started falling and he made that little fake run, but it was a little too little too late. But I liked the way he was playing and defensively, I don't think he was atrocious by any means. So for him to get taken out of the starting lineup after that, it was a little tough. It worked out for the Lakers in the Thunder game. But my my takeaways were the Wolves weren't that crazy impressive. They have a lot of good point of attack guys. And McDaniels is one of the best in the league. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said. I'm not I wasn't that impressed. Again, the record's good. And again, your record, if I say your record is what you say you are, you're that. It's just what again, those five teams, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Kings, Golden State, for me, I'm gonna take those teams over to rules. But that's why they play the games. That's where they're at. Let's see what happens. And we'll see. Who knows? Maybe they surprise us and, and make a run. But so far, from what I've seen. I'm, I'm, I think they're a really good team that tries hard, and but I, I just don't see them doing uh, damage against those teams unless, you know, Anthony Edwards just goes Super Saiyan and averages, you know, 37 in a series, which he can do. He has the ability to. That's their guy that can become that. But it's just a lot to say, hey, score 37 a night so you can overwhelm these other teams, like the Clippers that you claim is our super team, overwhelm them, overwhelm LeBron AD, overwhelm, you know, Steph Curry and and – Joker and Jamal Murray and Darren Fox and and when you start thinking about it, it's just like ah, it's hard for me to see that happening. But you know, it's early. They're playing good. They played good against the Lakers. We'll see what happens. You mentioned the change the Lakers made, which was taking D'Lo out. I think that was just. I think unless D, I think it was already decided. In my opinion, I, I don't have any inside information. I didn't ask anyone, but I feel like they already were kind of like that's where we're gonna go. And I don't think it's based on that result. I think it's like, oh, he played so bad today, last draw. I think they already were like, that's where we're going to go. LeBron's taking this, this game off. The next game, I think we're going to implement it. Why They're not going to implement it when LeBron's out because they're already you know, playing behind the eight ball. You might as well keep him in there. Uh, and, and Ham didn't mention when he had a conversation with D'Lo, but he did say he had a conversation with D'Lo about it. And reading in between the lines, I felt like obviously D'Lo's not thrilled about it, but he understood and they came to an agreement on like, this is why, this is what we're looking for. This is why we're making this decision. And can you be on board? And, and hey, give D'Lo credit. You know, he balled out the next game at 15 points, five for nine shooting. And who knows what he's feeling internally or what's happening behind the scenes. But on the court, his play was good uh, when he was benched. He played well off the bench. His demeanor was good. I didn't see any body language of huffing, puffing, or like not shaking hands or nothing. And then when he talked with the media, you know, he said the right thing. So. Is that all just talk and he just is very well media trained at this point? Maybe. But, again, we've seen players do the opposite. And if he was pouting, I would be mentioning it. So I'm going to give him credit for not doing that and being a team player. And he played well. The Lakers uh, made that move, and it worked at least against the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So many people were saying, you know, especially, you know, how Twitter and social media, oh, Chet's going to kill these guys. And, oh, they're going to wait till they got the Lakers right where they want them. They're, like, hurting, and they're desperate with this, this change. And, they're not ready for this. And guess what? As you mentioned before, you know, LeBron, 40 piece, he said, you know what? 
I'm the best player on the court tonight. So, okay, let's see what happens with Chet. Oh, nothing? Great. AD also played very, very well. 26 points, 11 rebounds. He's a walking double-double every night he's doing that. Uh, he, he had a couple of blocks, too, that, that I thought were, were pretty good. And, again, you got, like, a perfect balance. Rui, 21 points. He was killing it. Reeves was scoring points. I already mentioned uh, Delo's good night. Pretty much a complete game. There really weren't many bad games uh, from any individual player. You probably want more from Vando offensively. He only gave you two points, but he was doing his job defensively, which which is kind of why he's there. So this was one of the better wins the Lakers have had in a while. And again, and it's something I remind people, it's tough in the heat of the moment, like tonight when the Lakers lose to the Celtics and the Celtics are a really good team, but they're also an East Coast team. You wouldn't have to worry about them to the finals. So you, you kind of don't worry too much about that. But as we've seen with the Lakers, when they're engaged and they're healthy and they're trying, they can beat anybody. They they did it in the in-season tournament. They did it against Oklahoma uh, City Thunder on the road. Because, again, they have LeBron AD and they have some good pieces. They just need to work it out. So that was my takeaway. Hey, you know, this team can beat anyone. doesn't matter how good you are um, when they're good to go. And on a, on a three-game losing streak, Sorry, four-game losing streak. AD said it before the game. He said it the night before in Minnesota. He said, we're treating Saturday like a must-win game. And they said that, and they beat them. That tells me something about this team. When, they, when they're when they that serious, they're going to be tough to beat. What, what were your takeaways from this game? A lot of size in that starting lineup. Like, it looked good, this game. That starting lineup with how much size they have on the court. Everybody can switch. And the Thunder... Second unit, they don't really play a center. They don't play Jalen Williams from Arkansas. So they were like playing Kenrick Williams as a small ball five kind of thing. And it was open season, like for AD and Braun. And LeBron's jumper was falling. That's the main takeaway. His jumper was falling from everywhere on the court. So he was lights out. Yeah, five for five from three, as you mentioned earlier. He was just lights out. And then Perfect for free throw, too. Nine for nine. He didn't miss a free throw. So tough to beat a guy who's not missing a three or a free throw. (laughs) The Lakers just shot exceptionally well from three as a team, and they're not a good three-point shooting team. 16 for 32 from deep. And the Thunder, they missed a lot of shots that they made against my Clippers, unfortunately. Um, Like Chet, he was so cold in the beginning of the third third quarter, remember? But then Mm -hmm. he started getting going late. Uh, but yeah, solid performance from Rui off the bench, 21 points. And then Torian Prince able to hit two threes for five attempts. You'll take that all day. Same with Austin Reeves, two for five from three. And as you mentioned, D'Lo, good spark off the bench, only played 17 and a half minutes, but to have 15 points in those minutes, good production. I think it was a li- like the Lakers just shot really, really well. And I think their intensity defensively was better just from the sense of their starting lineup is a better defensive lineup. Like that's the whole point of it but you haven't actually given your opinion on the change like what do you think about it like do you think it's a good move i'm skeptical of it being a good move i think at the end of the day you want delo running the offense i think i i I just i think it's like i said i I mentioned what i I think would be the my ideal which is probably having lebron ad vando reeves and delo and you got to figure out how to get the best out of that defensive issue they have with Reeves and D'Lo. To me, that's the puzzle they have to solve instead of trying to replace. They're trying to replace that that problem. And I'm like, okay, well, what can, is there a way to make them bend but not break? Is there something we can do there? Because those are your best players, in my opinion. Maybe Rui when he gets going. You can have LeBron, uh, Rui, um, AD, 
Vando Dilo maybe or Vando Reeves. Who do you want your, your primary ball handler to be besides LeBron there? Those are some of the, the options I think are are more ideal. I do I just think this this current lineup to be successful, it has you have to have the best case scenario every night, which is LeBron AD are just killing it on offense, and then the defenders are gonna do what the defenders do, so I'm not too worried about that. But it's just a lot to ask them to you have to carry all the weight because the other guys just aren't really don't really have an offensive bag like that. And you know, in Cam and Vando, and we already saw teams starting to sag off. The more they sag off, that clogs the paint, which also makes it harder for AD and LeBron to do what they need to do, which makes it harder to ask them to go out there and just, you know, hammer away at the rim. So I think there's some problems with this lineup. I, I don't like it too much. I don't hate it either. Because again, if it does work, it makes sense. And you know, most coaches are defensive coaches. They want defense. And Ham has made it very clear. If you don't play elite defense, you're not going to get minutes. And he's been consistent with that. Cam got minutes. The more he played D, D-Lo's off because of that. And the offense isn't there. Vando, one of the best defenders on the team. The minute he's been healthy enough, he's gotten the start. Like, he's been very consistent. You want to play? Play defense. So I get it. But at the same time, there are two roles and two main jobs as complicated as we make basketball. Score and stop the other team from scoring. If you can't score, unless you're really good at stopping the other team from scoring, you're just going to be struggling and that's what's happened with the lakers you when you play these top teams guess what when 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 you play a team like uh the nuggets they score in bunches so you're probably going to have to yes you want to slow them down but you're also going to keep up with them and i just think this team with this starting five it just seems like everything has to go well for everything to go right and for them to win that happened against oklahoma city we saw the opposite uh, with the celtics which i think is interesting we've, we've seen both extremes oh see they killed it Oh, they didn't. They got killed. It's like, okay, so will they meet in the middle? Will it be good enough? Uh, will they make a change? I'm guessing they'll have to make another change at some point. Um, but I'm just curious. I definitely want to see more of it. We need more data. So I want to see like five more games, eight more games before I really feel like, okay, I'm sick of it. So uh, it's not the move I would have made, but I understand it. D'Lo also was struggling. I just I'm just worried that I don't want to lose a player and especially a player like a starting point guard. You cannot have that player mentally check out or anything so far. He's been good. Uh, but that's kind of my concern, too. Th these are people. They have emotions. They have feelings. We're in the middle of the trade deadline window. Thoughts can start coming into your head. Oh, they're taking me out of the lineup. They don't want me here. Whatever. I'm just going to do whatever. And the next thing you know, you then you have to make the trade. And guess what? Everyone sees what's happening. It makes it harder to make the trick. All those kinds of things start factoring in when you make a change like that. But um, but that's what he gets paid to do. Make those tough decisions. Live with the results. Your job can very well be on the line. Uh, I know, like you, you mentioned, um, fans have been clamoring for this whole, like, oh, some, some fans, you know, they get mad, fire the coach, right? Again, not breaking news or anything, but I haven't heard anything about him being in any issue or any danger. So for fans asking for that, unfortunately at this point i'm hearing zero about that at all so i think at this point they're more focused on how can they make this team work the best they can with what they got and then the other question is if it's not enough is there a trade to make it enough that's being talked about way more than anything about ham or any kind of coaching change there i think unless he's gonna just fall off a cliff with you know results you're just not seeing that this year. I, I just don't see it. Uh, but that's how I feel about the lineup. Um, it seems like you're also kind of not not a big fan of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think D'Angelo Russell should be starting. I, I think him and Reeves off the bench is just a little redundant. And I think LeBron does want another ball handler in there. Yeah. Or should should have another ball handler in there at this point. Yeah, I no, think D'Angelo Russell playing – I mean, he's getting paid a good amount for him to be only playing like 17, 18 minutes, like putting him in the Russ role essentially, even though you have Austin Reeves that you've already put in the six-man kind of role, and he's really done well at it. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of putting Vando in, but I think you yeah. go maybe D'Lo, Reddish, LeBron, Vando, and AD. Also Prince, I like Prince. I'm you not like Prince a... Reddish. Then if you like Prince, no, hold on, no, no, no. time out. I said I like Prince, but I don't think he should be promised the starting spot just because he's a decent wing who can sometimes hit a three. I think why don't we take Prince out? Like Prince is, I feel like Prince has gotten plenty of leeway. Plenty of grace, and he a has a lot tough of job, minutes, right? man. He's got thirty nine yes. minutes today. That's a, I just that that's a lot for me for Prince. That, Prince should be more, I think, in the twenty something, unless he's really hitting it. And today he he did actually, you know, to his credit, he did hit his shots. So maybe today wasn't a good example for that. But yeah, it feels it feels weird that like a guy like Prince who's just kind of bouncing around the league and it's just like a solid rotation player is like pencil him in for thirty five plus. That, that feels a little hard. It's like, why, why can't his minutes go? It feels like Vando was included, and it was who's going to leave, and I think we're looking at the wrong guys. And I'm like, maybe. But again, Ham is more defensive-minded, and they want size. They want these big wings, and I get it. The whole league wants big wings. But you can't – when you go big or small regardless, it has to be because it's to your advantage. You can't just go small to go small, and you can't just go big because bigger is better. Bigger isn't always better. You know, I'll take Steph over over Prince, right? But if you look at both of them just on the court at a pickup game, you probably would pick Prince first. And then you'd be like, oh, my God, this little guy's cooking us, right? You'd be like, oh, I didn't know. I just picked based on, like, image, right? So I think the Lakers have to be careful with that, too. Don't just go with, oh, we want defensive wings that can switch and everything. Okay, great. But if he can't make a bucket and also he's still getting cooked on the defense a little bit, where's the advantage? So, yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I think that D'Lo needs to probably start if they're going to take him out. They got to make sure they, one, that that absence is not felt because the result is better. And two, you don't lose the things that make D'Lo popular. Because I'll tell you one thing. As long as D'Lo's part of this team, he's going to matter. He's one of the eight, nine best players. He's going to be on the rotation. He's going to be a factor as long as he's on this roster. He's one of the four best players to me. I agree. I agree. So I'm higher on D'Lo than a lot of people are because I see what is what he does. And, and what he does is beyond just the stats, how he runs the offense, how he gets AD going. You know, he matters. As long as he's on the court, he's gonna, as long as he's on the team, he's going to matter. Uh, you can't just erase him. Uh, because, again, you saw it today. Okay, then who's going to make up that offense? And sometimes the answer is going to be nobody. And that's a problem. Okay, speaking of a problem, the Clippers lost a couple games. They lost 134-115 against the Thunder. Um, so, Dime, the... Winning stopped here. How'd you feel about that? No type of way. I think we didn't have Kawhi, and he fell at the end of the Mavs game, right? And he stayed yeah. down. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I hope he doesn't miss a game, but it is a back-to-back. They might just use that as like, well, it's like load management, but it's not because he got hurt, whatever. But he misses that game. We get blitzed by the Thunder. They clearly look like they were a more well-rested team our effort was pretty poor defensively and they just lit us up. 
So there's not much to say about it. Yeah, the no, night? I agree. Sometimes that happens, yeah. Did you watch it at all? I, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I was keeping an eye on it, especially because that was before the Lakers Thunder was. I'm like, okay, let's see how the right. Thunder were looking. But for me, the same thing. I'm like, I can't. For me, I was like, I can't really learn anything because the other team is clearly shorthanded. So I'm like, well, it's easy to look great when you're focused and the other team's got a disadvantage. Like, oh, our best player is not there. And guess what? The Lakers also had that, that problem. But again, Kawhi's been on such a heater that that mattered more than maybe LeBron missing because, again, we've talked about LeBron AD, who's actually better. I think on the Clippers, at least for the last few weeks, it's been pretty clear that Kawhi is far and away the best. And he's also had higher highs than anyone else on the team has had historically. So, yeah, I, I agree. It just kind of felt like there wasn't much to learn from this game. Uh, the only takeaway is, hey, if Kawhi's not around, uh, this team's uh, ceiling is a lot lower, which we already knew, you know, before the season even started. That's true. So, again, the good thing is it, it doesn't seem like it was a big deal. In terms of, like, injury-wise, he, he, um, you know, it's going to be just fine. I, I don't think there's any cause for concern. But, again, the Celtics, we were hoping the Celtics were going to take the double L. They took the double dub. In Los Angeles, yeah. and it started. It started with y'all. This one was. This one surprised me because, uh, again, it, it was a dominant performance from the the um, the Celtics, and you seemed pretty upset about it. So, can can you elaborate on what kind of frustrated you from this game? Yeah, I mean, you lost by forty. I know. Oh, well, no, no. <laughs> the thing that sketched, scared me is Kawhi missed the game again, so that it right. wasn't load management before. He actually had a serious enough contusion or bruise or whatever it is to miss two games. That scares me a little bit because we got 27 games in a row to start the season from him. And he's playing, starting to play at as high a level as basically anyone. And now I'm wondering if he's going to play our next game and if it's going to be three straight. But here's the takeaway. We can't beat very good teams without Kawhi, it seems. Our defense looks like a joke without him. Harden gets becomes a second option, and he does more of his ISO BS that I can't stand. He was awful against the Thunder besides like a quarter of the game. Russ has been playing pretty well lately, though, efficient. Yeah. But he was terrible in the first half of the Celtics game. And Norman Powell was finally had a bad game. Paul George was good offensively, but defensively he was atrocious. Paul George both games has been unserious defensively uh, with Kawhi out. Just not communicating in transition, not – guarding anyone really that significant and lost getting lost off the ball like just his attention to detail is not there a lot of times uh not a lot of times but more than people yeah. might think so it was an, a disgraceful performance i we need Kawhi back but i also think the teams we've played at thunder on a back to, second night of a back to back and against the celtics uh those are some tough customers so bad loss but if we beat the charlotte hornets next game then it all is fine and we're back to winning ways. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good way of, of of thinking of it. Bad losses, but against really good teams with your best player out, you don't want to make excuses, but you're like, I get it. Again, you shouldn't lose by 40, but you also understand why it happened. Because right? you can explain it. You're like, oh, our best player wasn't there and the other team was rested. They were ready to go. They dog walked us. It happens, right? Uh, we've seen the, the Clippers do the same thing to a couple of teams this year. So um, personally, I don't, think the Kawhi thing's too, too serious. I just think it just needs a, needs a little bit more time. But you're right. We'll be keeping an eye. Definitely now we're like, it's like, it went from like no concern to like a yellow. For me, it's, it's not a big deal. I think he'll play the next game um, and he'll be fine. If he doesn't, then now it's going up to like, okay, I want to hear from the team. A week, two weeks, like, 
I need an answer because one game fine, two games okay, three or four now it's a trend. So we'll see if he plays the next game. He looks fine. Then hey, it was just he needed a little bit extra time. No big deal. Um, or is it a bigger picture thing? All right. So going into the upcoming games this week, we have uh, right away. You know, I was I was in the media room uh, today uh, at the Lakers game, and I heard people talk about the Clippers play tomorrow. I'm like, they play tomorrow? Yeah, they do. They play on Tuesday. Clippers versus Charlotte, seven thirty of West Coast time. They'll be here in Los Angeles, and it'll be on NBA TV. So, dime. You don't know if Kawhi's gonna play. What's your pick? Uh, are the Clippers gonna take care of the Hornets? Wait, wait. What were our picks last week in terms of results? Do we have that? Um, I have to look at it real quick. I think we, you had, I think you had them running the table the whole way through. No, nah, I, I said the Lakers were going to lose to OKC. I got that one. No, wrong. no, I'm talking about the Clippers, not, not, the, not the Lakers. Yeah, we blew that one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, the, the Clippers, you had, the Lakers, you had them losing just to OKC, but you had them winning their other game. So we didn't come out too good. I think I had, um, I know I had, I had, you, guys, had I had you guys losing to Minnesota too, I believe. Okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna document this for this week, so we'll, we'll get this together here. All right, so let's put you on the record. Uh, so, Dime for Clippers, Charlotte. What you got? Clippers are gonna win. I'm gonna be there, and even if Kawhi doesn't play, we should still win. I agree. I think that uh, I'm gonna put that we both have uh, the Clippers winning here. And yeah, kind of for the same reason. I just Charlotte's just not a good team right now. I think they're going to take care of business. Um, they had a couple rough games, so regardless of whether Kawhi they plays or not, I think he's going to. Yeah, I just realized seven in a row. Yeah, so so I, I got the same thing. I got the the Clippers taking care of business against Charlotte. Okay, Lakers have a couple days off. They don't play until Thursday. Uh, they play also the Hornets again. We we kind of borrow the same teams there uh, often because of the whole fact that we're in the same region and you know it just makes sense for scheduling so you'll see a lot of overlap lakers play the hornets and i i think lakers take care of business they they lost a rough game against the celtics they'll also get some rest and i think the lakers take care of this on thursday what do you think yeah i think okay. the Charlotte hornets will get the double l yeah this one this one will happen <laughs> this one will happen so we got uh we got so far we got the same picks for both games okay moving on to friday uh, Clippers, Grizzlies, the talk of the town. 12 is back, Dime. Are you excited? Memphis Grizzlies? I know you have a lot of good memories about the Grizzlies. The teddy Bears? Oh, we're going to be there to spank them up on Friday night, and I'll be there to watch it. I need that one bad. <laughs> you know what? For fun, I'm going to root for it, just because I find um, the Jostan fandom annoying. So I'm going to go with the same thing. I'm going to say that, that y'all beat the teddy bears. Okay. Lakers, Minnesota. That's on Saturday. Oh, by the way, just for everyone to know, the Clippers-Grizzlies game is also on NBA TV. So it's also nationally televised. So both both games so far for the Clippers are going to be uh, on NBA TV. All right. Saturday, we got Lakers at Minnesota. I'll start this one off. Unfortunately, I think the Lakers do lose this one. Uh, Minnesota wants to you know continue playing well. And it's another road game. So I think the Lakers are going to struggle with this one. Uh, what, what do you think, Dan? Lakers playing who? Uh, Minnesota on Saturday. Oh, right, right. You guys. And it's in Minnesota, right? Correct. Yep. Road game. Again. Ah, man. I think you're going to. Jeez. Let's go with a win. Okay, cool. Lakers win. Okay, so that's, that's where we deviate. Okay, got it. All right. Appreciate that. All right. Lakers back-to-back. -back. They play. At New Orleans. So, again, they're on the road. 
Uh, for this one, I'm gonna go with W. I also just rule of thumb. I, I rarely go double two W's, two L's on back to backs. I usually go with a split because that's usually what happens. So here I'm gonna say, you know, we're gonna take care of Zion and uh, the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. Uh, Zion, what do you got here for uh, LA versus Nola on a Sunday, last Sunday of the year? Wow, I think you're gonna get. A response from the Pels from that in-season tournament loss, and I think they're going to get the win here. So I'm going to do the same split on the back-to-back, but Lakers lose the second one. Got you. Okay, Lake. Okay, cool, cool. So I got it now. We'll keep track of that. And we haven't talked about it, but I'm guessing. Are you going to – Clippers Miami, are you going to be there New Year's Day, or are you going to be another another family event? No, I'll be there. That's on All right. Monday? No, Monday, the first. Monday. Okay. Uh Oof, the Heat are playing good ball. Yeah, That's all depending on if Kawhi's there, to be honest. Um, I'm going to go with the loss, honestly. Yeah, they're playing pretty good. I'm going to go with the loss as well. So, But if Kawhi us. plays, like I'm saying, I would think that I would pick a win. So it really comes down to that. Just put me down as a loss for now. Okay. I'm going to put Dime L, and I'm going to put uh, an L as well for the Clippers here. For both of us. Okay, cool. So we'll I'll check in next week on how we do, and we'll see. We have a couple different ones, and we'll see kind of how that goes. All right, so that'll wrap up. That technically, this now wraps up not, not only the upcoming games, but this wraps up this year's podcast. We started this podcast uh, right as the season started, and, you know, Di mentioned off camera that this is episode 10. We've done 10 episodes Big accomplishment. Shout out to you, Diane, for sticking with it. I mean, it's it's 1230 in the morning right now, and we're, we're over here recording this. So we, we've we've kept it up regardless of who was busy, who was tired, who was – I was here, you were there. We've always kind of found a way to kind of accommodate it. So, you know, uh, shout out to you for doing your part. I've been pulling my end as well. And uh, one of my friends is named Sean Capri. He does, like, a lot of gaming podcasts. And one of his uh, big takeaway for podcasting is make 10 more. Whatever your complaint is, whatever you're trying to work on, whatever, just make 10 more because that's what's going to really get you where you need to go. The repetition, the practice, the consistency. Make another 10 and you'll have new questions, new answers, new things you're trying to figure out. And I'm happy we made our first 10. We got to our first 10. We've had some really, really good success with a few episodes that have really done some good numbers and people seem to be liking it. So uh, thanks for joining me on this ride. Diamond's been pretty good. Oh, likewise, Edwin. I like someone that can work on my late schedule. And you are right of that same wavelength. So, and you know, going back and forth from Staples Center, working hard, it's it's tough, man. And you still are consistent with it. I've been consistent with it, so it's it's great. Um, I love the when you watch on YouTube. I love the color difference too. You got the purple and gold uh, gear on every time, and I have Clippers something Clippers every time. So, love that. Um, but last question before we end, man. Sure. The Lakers are sixteen and fifteen. Like, how are you feeling about this? Like, this isn't very good right now. Like, does this team need something? Or or are the, is people just need to perform better? I mean, what do you really think? I think this team's going to be fine. I think they just need to be healthy. Now they are. I know fans hate hearing that. They hate it because they think it's a cop-out. But I think it's 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 not a cop-out. It's context. I think they're healthy now. I want to see how January looks. I think that give the team the way it is now. Currently, the way the injury report is now. Gabe's out. I'm cool with that. I'm not really worried about that. But everyone else generally healthy now. I think you're going to see a much, much better team in January. The schedule gets a lot easier in January. I have not seen a trade 
that makes me say, do that, that makes the team better. I just don't. I, I haven't seen a Zach Levine package that makes me excited about that. Um, that makes me think that's the way to go. I, I haven't seen any other move that made me really get excited and say, oh, if they do that, that'll fix this. I think what fixes this and what fixes a lot of things in life is just good old-fashioned hard work. I think that if they just keep grinding at it and keep working it out, they'll be there. The West is going to be very tight. They're, still, they're right there in the mix right now. If they went on a five-game winning streak, they would you know, catapult into the, the mid-tier of the, the standing. So I'm not really worried about that. I think it's just about now they're healthy, Vandal's back, Rui's there. You know, LeBron, AD are great. Okay, figure it out. That's Ham's job. Figure out the rotations. Figure out the lineup. He's working on it. And it just stinks because, as you know, you got when you're working on it on the fly, that means here comes Boston, here comes Minnesota, here comes Oklahoma City, and I got these problems I got to figure out. But that's, that's the NBA season. It's not going to stop and give you an extra week to kind of fine-tune some things. You got you to, gotta, you know, fix it on the fly. And I think uh, the record is not sensational. It's not where they want to be. But they're also not like, you know, 14 and 23 or something. They're fine. Just, just, uh, tread, they're treading water. Now it's time to push ahead. But January is going to be a big month, obviously, whether that's making a trade, making a move, or playing better. So it's going to be exciting. Again, LA is never boring. And, uh, definitely January is going to be a big month for both teams to kind of figure out, uh, where they're at and where they're heading, uh, as we head close to the halfway point and the all star break. All right. I respect it. All right. Let's do it. All right, so that's it for episode 10 of Basketball on Figaro. Once again, I am your host, Evan Garcia, and joining me today was my co-host, Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper, and we are out. Peace.